I just got stuck in a bogey train. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the bogey train. I'm your host, Nick. I got Jengs here for now. Uh, we're getting Noah in here too at some point. I don't know uh, when he'll show back up, but Jengs, what's good? Oh, you know, just another week. Chilling, killing, vibing, thriving. I got a lot I'm of stuff. Out of rhymes. I'm out of rhymes. A lot of stuff has gone on since, uh, I guess it was just, uh, was that Tuesday? That was last time we. Yeah, Tuesday sounds like the emergency podcast. Yeah. There was a big football game last night. What are your. What are your quick thoughts? Um, I don't know. My wish didn't come true, so that's upset. What was what was that? A nuclear missile to strike the stadium and stop the game. Nobody get hurt, but just stop the game. How so would no, that? How would that not hurt anybody? I don't know. Just like destroy the stadium, but not hurt anybody. Uh, I don't know if that's possible, but um, okay. I just didn't really want either team to win. Yeah, so uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm ultimately the team, you, upset about how the uh, game ended. But You were on Team Asteroid, Jags? I was on Team Asteroid. Okay. I saw no, a, lot on, people, a lot of people were on that team. Oh, Team nuclear, team nuclear Missile. Oh, my gosh. I'm not on that team. I'm on Team Really Small Asteroid. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the team I was pulling for ended up winning, but, yeah, it did feel a little bit dirty because of that call at the end i mean such a stupid call yeah and what really didn't seem to make sense is that after the game in the locker room bradbury seemed to admit he said yeah that was a holding i i grabbed his jersey but i didn't really see it i think it wasn't like where they were showing it was right away like right when he first breaks he grabs him and kind of turns turns him around okay but the one thing I don't like about it is that they did not throw a flag on anything the entire night. I know. There was not a holding call until that exact moment. There was, I don't think there was a pass interference. There was nothing called besides delay of games and false starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the play that literally decides the game is the first time they throw a flag. It's just that doesn't sit well with me that you don't call a single thing all night and then you call that. Yeah, it was just uh, and a pretty unfortunate ending to what was a really good game. It like it probably, just sort of it just sort of taints Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Honestly, it, it probably would have been one of the best Super Bowls of the last ten years, except for the ending. John, you got any comments on the Super Bowl? I don't even know what call you're talking about. I mean, it was like a bummer of an ending, but the holding call right at the end. So it was going to be third know. and eight. For yeah. the uh, Chiefs, and uh, but then they they got the holding call, so then it was automatic first down. So they just ran out the clock. So then they were able to kick the field goal, like third so, and eight. But it was third either, and eight from from like what like the like the twelve or, or something. Yeah. They, like the, they would have made a field goal regardless, but the difference was is that Philadelphia didn't get much time on the clock versus they would have had a minute and a half or something like that. What, what I thought was weird is when. The running back, the Chiefs running back, who's sick, by the way, he was taking off that game. He, like, could have scored no problem and then just slid on the one-yard line. Well, it's so yeah, they could run the clock a, down. That, yeah, that was a genius move. But, 
I don't know. If it was me, I feel like I would take the points, take seven points and see if your defense can hold them with a minute and a half left. What, what's more possible? Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense that was essentially unstoppable going down and tying the game with a touchdown with a minute and a half left or being down three with like eight seconds left and having to go the whole field. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It was so it was definitely solid. So I, I watched that replay a few times. He, uh, when he stepped into it, his front foot, he stepped on Jason Kelsey's foot and it just slipped uh, right out from under him. So, cause I knew that pass didn't look right. I thought something had to happen because that was just like, it was kind of like uh, John Rom hitting wedges yesterday. Like he just hit a wedge and it would be right at the flag, but 30 short. Yeah. So I, I don't want to roast hurts too bad for that throw because he stepped on his lineman's foot and just like his front leg just basically kind of slipped out from under him. But, uh, okay, quickly, you guys have any commercials that stood out? I mean, I wasn't really watching the commercials that that intensely. Um, see, here I was hoping that, like, all this Michelob Ultra hype that we were getting was going to announce, like, a Caddyshack 3 or something. And it was just, like, a hype up to release a QR code to the first episode of The Full Swing, which kind of was a bummer. Um, dude, I'm so – the commercials are not what they used to be. Like back in the day, like the the Budweiser Clydesdales, you know, State Farm. Nowadays, they're just it's nothing. I I can't even remember like a single one. Yeah, I I'm not thinking really of any that stood out too much. What about Noah? There were there were a lot of QR code commercials, which <laughs> is stupid because like I cannot pull my phone out that fast. I'm not exactly. just expecting a QR code to come up. It's also like I don't want to. I don't want to do anything when a commercial comes on. Like the point of me watching TV is to not do anything is to sit there and just watch. Like you provide the TV provides entertainment. If I have to get my phone out and like push buttons, that's like, it just goes against the whole point of, of watching TV. So there was a couple of good ones, but I, I can't even, Oh no. The E-Trade Babies came back. Which they did. That was solid. That, that, was solid. that one was okay. I miss the E-Trade Babies. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people were talking about the Tubi commercial. Yeah, the one where the uh, everyone thought they sat on their remote. That my, was my, my roommate literally, he's like, he like stood up and was like, oh my gosh, what, where, where's the remote? Like, I literally... Yeah, like I, I caught on right away just because it was, it was the announcers for the game, but they yeah. were like, I could tell it was they were like, oh, yeah, now we're, you know, halfway through the Super Bowl or whatever. And it's like, what are your thoughts so far? And then he starts saying, yeah, you know, both teams are, you know, this and that, you know, saying nothing that basically saying anything that you could have just said before the game, like very vague. And it was like a different background. And all. So I immediately I knew it was a commercial, but like some of the um, couple of the other people in the room that were watching, like, yeah, they were kind of like, oh, wait, wait, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, it's just a commercial. Relax. It but funny. it was a good one. I like to be to be laid it all on the table with their they marketing did. budget. They, they they went off last night. So hope that I like the uh, the John Travolta and then the two guys from Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The T-Mobile that wasn't wait, bad. The Breaking Bad one. Oh, that was that was a good one. 
That one was really funny. What, were, what, what was it, like a bag of chips or something? Yeah, it was uh, some bag of chips. I don't know what they were. They looked like Doritos, but they were like popcorn chips or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was just some sort of chip. <laughs> Okay. Like, I didn't I see I didn't see that when I told you I wasn't paying very close attention. Like, 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 like that's the thing. Somebody on the side of the road. He's like, what are what is this? Yeah. Um, I would uh you know, I was watching the game, then there's a commercial, then I go like get a snack or whatever, and that's like, oh crap, I'm actually I'm missing the commercials now because programmed to go get my snack during the commercials. So I miss some some of them, but sure. I have nothing else to say on the game or the commercials except for Travis Kelsey needs to really uh, stop the whole shtick that no one respects the chiefs. Okay. And yeah, well, I, like, I don't respect the chiefs because I don't respect your crazy attitude. Like well, he no, just, I'm, yeah, he just starts yelling as soon as a microphone is in his face and is like saying, we proved all the doubters wrong. It's like, you've been in the AFC title game. For five straight years. I know, right? Were they not, like, the second-ranked team, like, the last half of the season? Like, we all expected them to get this far. Yeah. it It's so annoying. Like, oh, like, trying to make himself some sort of, like, underdog or, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. You've had, like, the by far and away the best player of the NFL over the last half decade on your team. No, that's just... I'm not, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna take that. Yeah, it's just, it's so annoying, like, Travis Kelsey's attitude, plus you throw in Patrick Mahomes' wife and brother, and it just makes me never want to cheer for the Chiefs. And I, as a, as a, you know, diehard Vikings fan, in good conscience, cannot cheer for Philadelphia, so, I mean, Go birds. left me in a, in a little bit of a tough spot, but... Okay, I am. Uh, I was just going back and reading the uh, the CBS Sports season preview, and it's hilarious that they had the Packers the projected one seed. Yeah, yeah, there were the Packers were definitely uh, extremely overhyped at the beginning of the year. They like a lot of people thought like losing Devonte Adams is just like not going to matter. Like they have no receivers. But they, we don't need to get into that here. We've got a lot to get they to. They also projected the Broncos to go to the Super Bowl and beat the Packers, and that obviously did not happen. So, uh, Yeah, old takes exposed. That is just garbage. Uh, all right, a quick little quick little embrace debate, Rihanna. Uh, we got into this a little bit last night between us, but Noah, how, uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Rihanna performance last night? I am a big Rihanna fan. I think she's the best female voice uh, since 2000. I don't really know who I would put better than her before that either. Uh, Whitney Houston was good back in the day. Beyonce is good. Yeah, Whitney's, Whitney's good. Rihanna's definitely better than Beyonce. I do love Halo. That's a great song. Halo is good. Um, I thought it was a cool performance. How they opened up and she's like on this plateau in the middle of the, like this little tiny stage, like floating out in the, in the sky and all the background dancers are super cool. And they're like marshmallow suits, just kind of, you know, just moving around all together. Like dance, like background dancers do. I wish I would have been, I wish I was one of the Rihanna's background dancers. That would be pretty cool. But. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, Jengs, do you have anything to add to that? I I personally rank it 
as one of the the top three or four halftime performances of the last 12 years. Since 2010, I think it's a top four halftime performance. To be fair, though, I don't think that says a lot. I don't think it says a lot. Even go back to like 2000, there have been some horrible halftime performances. And I hear a lot of people saying, you know, this one was bad, blah, blah, blah. This one was much better than quite a bit of the halftime performances of my lifetime. I don't who like what are they saying is bad about it? I, I don't I don't understand why it's bad. It, okay. it was great. Is she saying great great songs? No, sweet. I'm not. I'm not trying to like compare this to other halftime performances or whatever. Like I'm just going straight up. Like, is that something that like did I think that was a great performance? And it's like no, absolutely not. Uh, for one thing, you said you like the background dancers. Yeah. I no, that it's ridiculous. <sighs> Who needs two hundred of those people out there? Like that was, that's why it was that's cool. incredibly, <laughs> incredibly like unnecessary. No, but there were like maybe six of them that were floating. Everyone else is just down on the field. Yeah, like, and who needs that many of them? They're all doing the same thing at the same time. That was so it's, upset. No, that's ridiculous. Like, it's, oh, it's, and they it's were incredibly good unnecessary and they uncalled were, for. They weren't doing like easy moves, like the wave, you know, they were doing like sweet dance moves. Like, I couldn't okay. even. Here's the thing. And then when I'm seeing, uh, you know, famous, you know, singer, songwriter, performer, all this stuff, like I'm expecting that they're going to perform their own songs, not just like slightly dance to recordings of their songs. What, what is, well, how you is know? it? Like her, her songs are playing in the background and she's singing sometimes. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not an impressive performance. Okay. That's what do like you want to do? Every single halftime show is. That's, she's a, that, she's a singer. She's a, she, that's what she does. She sings. No, but she wasn't singing last night. Barely. You want her to do like backflips or something? It blows no, fire no, out. But she can't because no, she's I, pregnant. I that, she can't do I that. I think that takes, I think doing too much dancing takes away from the performance. I'm saying exactly the opposite of what you're saying. So you I'm saying she should sing more. Stand still and sing. She basically sang the whole thing. That's not, no, that's just not true. Like her. 95%. You could have heard all of the songs last night and her singing was completely optional. Like it was basically just the song playing over the speakers. Yeah, that's like also, that's like almost every concert ever, like at big concerts. Not like, good concerts. Maybe the other like halftime shows because they have to make it a whole production. But yeah. I mean, She's got a few iconic songs. I'll hand it to her. Mm -hmm. But last, I still think last year was way better. I'm under Rihanna's oh, I, umbrella right now. I don't disagree. I think last year is the best halftime performance of my lifetime. But um, I'm just glad like it wasn't something that was completely disgusting. That's basically... You know, it was like... I don't know. It yeah. wasn't like terrible viewing like it was it, just like it, all right it this wasn't isn't that good it wasn't sex appeal is what it was like it it wasn't any of that people wore clothes rihanna yeah. looked, she, it wasn't rihanna looked pretty hot. it wasn't it wasn't like two or three years ago when j-lo and shakira walk in in some scantily clad clothing yeah and are it, just yeah kind it of wasn't j-lo and shakira card it was that's an actual like you know decent performance to be fair, to be fair that's all shakira's got right now so that's all J-Lo's got. Well, that that in the, uh, the Venezuelan Colombian mating call. Waka waka, hey, hey. But 
No, I really don't have that strong of feelings on it. Uh, I just knew you really liked it. So I had to, you know, I had to counter that a little bit. I think that's my ideal background dancer scenario. Just a bunch of background, really? sweet background dancing stuff. That was like one of my least favorite. That was one of the things that like turned me off the most. It's like, this, had, what are these background dancers doing? They had like space they had like space suits on or something. I don't know. I it looked like it looked like PPE. It looked like either they were trying to be the Michelin man or like they were entering like a patient's room who was like I positive saw, for Ebola and COVID at the same time. So, you know, when, when they open up, they like start with a shot of Rihanna and she's like on this platform. Right. And they kind of zoom out and there's like five or six or seven platforms. Right. Kind of. Yeah. 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 It was like super smash bros. I did. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was, was. actually the yeah. funniest meme about that. You guys probably saw it too, but there's like, yeah. Belko like coming in for a Belko kick on Rihanna and there's Kirby mm-hmm. in the back. He's, he's like, Rihanna, watch out. Belko All right. Kick. Well, that's probably enough Rihanna, but I, I appreciate your take. Here, I appreciate your zeal. Here's a but, question. Better, oh better or worse than the weekend's halftime show two years ago? I Do we need to go down this rabbit hole? I would say better, but not by much. I like. I thought the weekend's was terrible. Here's the thing about the weekend. I I like his music and that whole thing, but the performance itself was like hard to watch. It was what, so weird. What do you guys want in the halftime show? Okay, I not to like be like standing around and like yeah, give I people felt like vertigo I and yeah. Well, yeah, no, oh, yeah. Don't tell me what you don't want. I want to. Tell, I want to hear what you want in a halftime show. I want something entertaining. Okay. <laughs> They, like Lady Gaga jumping off the roof. Oh, that was cool. Were you not entertained? Something Katy Perry like, riding in on a tiger. That was cool. That's just like a good performance. Like I watch it, and then after it's like, okay, like that was really impressive. <laughs> what does that mean? I I don't know. <laughs> All right, moving on. The Phoenix Open. Uh, how much of this did you guys catch? I watched all of Saturday and all of Sunday. I like I said, I, this is I the a, first tournament that starts my golf viewing year. I caught a very great deal of it. So, um, okay, where does this, just in your opinions, like other than the majors, where does this rank this as is, far as the event? This is one of my favorite tournaments to watch every year. Like mm-hmm. just a lot of it I feel like kind of comes because of the the hype like the the 16th and the large crowds and stuff like that. Um, I think the course kind of leaves some to like leave something out there. I feel like the course could be a little bit more difficult uh, for being such a big tournament, but uh, definitely one of my favorite tournaments to watch every year. Oh yeah. For me, I mean, other than the majors and, the players and the Ryder cup. I mean, this is probably right, right behind that. This is, uh, this is one of my all time favorite events to watch every year. Um, I'm always super excited to watch it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, especially now that it has like designated event status, I mean, I would probably put it right behind the players as like the number six, uh, stroke play event. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of anything else that, would really rival it other than the John Deere classic. I, I love or the, the Phoenix open. The open. I wouldn't put it. I still would put the Memorial above. Interesting. Okay. Memorial is a great event. Um, 
and probably the Arnold Palmer Invitational as well. Okay, that's that's probably just a difference in taste, um, as far as the overall event, and then at and then those are the basically the signature events of Arnold Palmer and uh, Jack Nicholas. But um, it's like yeah, I mean I. In my mind, it's like the best regular. Like I don't consider the players a regular tour event for some reason. I don't. Know, it feels different. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's basically the PGA Tour's major. Like yeah. it's the flagship event of the PGA exactly. Tour. So the, yeah. the the waste management feels like it's the best regular season. Event. It's just like the pinnacle of the regular season events. Yeah. So like so, Jenks. If I was like just thinking about the events you talked about, like if I was a tour player, and I was given the choice, like between those three events, and it was like out of these three events, you can, you can choose to be in contention at one of them this year. Like I would pick Phoenix over those other two. I think if you say in contention, yeah, probably Phoenix. If you say win, I think most I would people would probably rather win the Memorial. Just cause it's Jack's event. Just cause Jack. Mm. Envi- environment Phoenix is unmatched, but as an event, I feel more people would probably be more proud winning Jack's event than winning the, the drunk fest open. As how about, how about I know one of my buddies I played golf with in high school was there on Saturday and he was like, he was front row in the, the open, you know, like the main where the crazy people go on 16. He got front row. He's there all day. Whatever. I was like, so I, I messaged him. I'm like, dude, this is sick. How early did you have to get there to get that seat? Like he said, he was there at four thirty with his buddies, just waiting at the gate until they open. I don't know when the gates open. Probably like seven thirty or something. Jeez, I saw a video where a guy said he went to a concert the night before, and then went straight from the concert to get in line at the the Phoenix Open to try and get onto sixteen. You'll never be hungover if you just keep drinking. So that's virtual. Yeah, and don't go to sleep. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. I've always wanted to be there on 16 in the stands, but part of the fun of being at a golf tournament is like walking around and seeing other holes. I think yep. it'd be kind of lame getting stuck. You just Yeah. So I was, I was talking to my wife and she was saying like, we should, you know, make a trip and go to the Phoenix open some year. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we really should. That's a great idea. But, uh, um, you know, and she asked me, you know, would you just, would you go to the 16th hole? Say, I mean, I sure. Like I'd like to go at some time just to say, like, okay, I went to the Phoenix open and you have to at least try to see the 16th hole and see some people hit shots there. But being sort of the hardcore golf fan that I am, like I, I get a lot more out of seeing the whole course and actually following some guys around rather than just seeing like all the groups coming on one hole. Like I'd rather follow a group and watch the pros, you know, just see how they go through a round, see how their round develops, see how they, you know, go about a tournament round and things like that. Like I get a lot more out of that than just sitting on one hole. Well, it's a sweet course too. And 16, like it's cool, but it's not the coolest hole. It's a pretty lame hole. If the, when the, if the stands aren't there, it's pretty lame. Par three. 17 is the best hole on the course. For sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Number three hole. Probably 15 next. The last some, six holes are awesome. 13's all right. 14 is okay. But the last four really are great. Mm-hmm. Um, even though nothing really makes 16 a special hole other than the stadium. But, yeah, yeah overall, 
Yeah, as far as non-majors, I mean, it's it's got to be – I think we would all agree it's in the top three or four non-major events for stroke play. I would agree. Um, all right, Scotty. Anything we need to say about Scotty? Uh, I think he's back to number one in the world. He is. Uh, he de- successfully defended his title last year. This was his first win on the PGA Tour. Now he has five, including the green jacket. Um. I don't know. He's just that guy that when he's there, I mean, you feel like he's not going to make mistakes. And then when he does, you just feel like he's going to make the 10 to 15 footer for par that he needs to. And uh, yeah, he's just, he's just one of those guys. I think what was crazy to me was yesterday when they mentioned that if he won, that would have been his first win since winning the masters last year. Yeah. Which to me was like, he was so dominant for the first half of the year. Mm -hmm. And then just to think like, that was his last win. Yeah, I mean, he was in contention weird. a number of other times, like namely the U.S. Open, and uh, he lost in a playoff at uh, Colonial to Sam Burns. But yeah, it is kind of crazy that his last win was Augusta before this one. You got anything on Scotty Noah? He's a good guy. I like Scotty. I like Ted Scott. I liked his picture on Instagram. It was like Scotty and then his wife and then Ted right next to him all holding the trophy. So, yeah. Um, it's an easy guy to cheer for. I used to hate his swing. It has kind of grown on me. I sort of like watching it now just because it is so really? unique and, and he really owns it. And um, I was about to say that's like, if he had a cool swing, I would be all in on Scotty. But that's like the one thing holding me back from really cheering for the guy. Yeah, I could see it. I definitely could see it. Um, <laughs> and there's I, I close my eyes when I watch him play golf. Yeah. Um, oh, notably, not a lot of people are talking about this. Um, it's his first win since uh, getting the Jay Leno Award. So mm. Uh, mm. that's big. Yeah, people aren't people hadn't been talking about that, so I just I thought which, I would point that out. I heard Jay Leno flew in after the event actually to congratulate him on that. I don't know if he's in shape for that because I don't know if you guys heard this is another devastating follow up to the Jay Leno story. Did you guys hear no. about this? So we talk I don't mean to laugh. We talked about his issues with his face, right? Yeah. Ooh, Jay Leno or Scotty? No, uh, Jay Leno. He was he was fixing his car, he was underneath and then it started on fire and he had severe burns on his face. Um, so, so we felt, you know, we felt bad that we had just talked about him the week before and, you know, slightly making fun of him, whatever some might say, I think it was out of respect and love, but you know, some people may interpret it differently. And then recently he was in a motorcycle accident. Goodness. So I, I don't know what we brought upon Jay Leno. He's really bombed that, we gave away the trophy to Scotty. Next year, the Jay Leno Awards, you can have to go to someone who gets in a lot was, of car crashes. And he was staking a lot of Jay Leno Awards. No, next year, we just got to keep Jay Leno's name out of our mouth and be very careful about who we name awards after. <laughs> if you can't but, take the heat, we get out of kitchen. Oh, my gosh. Really? You had to mention heat? Sounds like you Too took far. the heat well, actually. Yeah, he was... He was thriving, and then this happened. But uh, so now all he's of trying our, to survive. All of our warmest wishes to uh, now, 
Now he's trying to now he's trying to make himself look like way different than he did before. So Scotty doesn't win the award anymore. That's true. Like, That's true. Nobody will look like me after that. Uh, at this point, the winner of next year's Jay Leno Award is going to be Deadpool. <laughs> oh my gosh! He's even close. Darth Vader without the mask. Darth Vader. <laughs> All right, we should probably move off uh, that that category. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry, Jay. Um, Nick Taylor finished second. Um, not as well known, obviously, among um, you know some that aren't really you know really deep in the golf world. Canadian has a couple wins on tour. He played really well yesterday. I was really impressed. He, I think he shot 65. Nah, 55. Nah. He jumped in to a share of the lead for a little bit. Um, he was in the final group with Scheffler and Rom, right? Which is some big shoes to fill because those are two beasts. Yeah, and went on to shoot a final round 65. I mean, a lot of days that would have been good enough to get it done. Uh, But Scotty just played just as well. I thought his name was Nate Taylor. Is there a Nate Taylor on tour? Uh, Not that I know of. Never mind. I'm just tripping out there. Nick Taylor. Well, I guess I could uh, make sure. I think I'm right, but... Yeah. No, you're right. It's just when I was watching, I was like, oh, it's Nate Taylor in my brain. Like, that's what my brain said. But it's for sure Nick. Yeah, turned out your your brain was wrong. That's too bad. But he was very impressive. And uh, I think think Brandel Chambly said this, but um, he said one good thing that kind of comes out of the um, elevated events status, the designated events um, with elevated status is – you know, sort of the storyline of obviously there's going to be the leader, the leaderboards are going to be fantastic with all of the big names that are playing in these events. You know, it's just going to lend itself to really good leaderboards. But then also it sort of has this uh, story of, you know, sort of the underdogs, right? Like because no one's going to be picking Nick Taylor to win the Phoenix Open, but him to just be uh, near the top of the leaderboard and playing really well. Um, you know, it sort of has the same feel as like the majors when you know, there's a lot of the stars near the top of the leaderboard, but then maybe a lesser known guy that's making a run and you're sort of wondering, can he really do it? Does he have what it takes to get it done? So I like to see that. And it was, uh, it added a good little piece to the storyline. I thought. Also, uh, I don't mess with that guy, uh, Dylan Fratelli. I cheered when he made bogey or a double double on uh 16 where did dylan fratelli come from you really like, turned you really turned a 180 on him dude it doesn't take it doesn't take a whole lot to uh, i don't like dylan fratelli to get on your no cheer list yeah yeah i gotta stay off one, it, one might say it's not a no cheer list it's an actively cheer against the list <laughs> yeah. no i had if if, two, like if the final list. group for the uh the uh, FedEx Cup or the U.S. Open is Adolf Hitler and Dylan Fratelli. I'm cheering not for Fratelli. Careful now. Careful now. Careful I'll probably cheer for someone in the second to last group. Not Careful those. what you say. Or Wait, are you saying he's still answer. alive? That was for last week. Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay. That's true. Uh, all right. Well, I guess uh, Dylan, some Dylan Fratelli talk. Um, okay. Jordan Spieth was playing pretty well. Uh, I I don't know. Does someone have the leaderboard up? Where did he I have it finishing? up? He finished T six. Only one under the last day. Kind of struggled. Um, 
few bogeys in there, couldn't really get her. He had one bogey. Yeah, he made an early birdie and then sort of didn't really do anything after that. Yeah, he looked like he was going to kind of go on a charge, and then it was just very smooth and steady for the rest of the yeah. day. So his ball striking is actually very good. The putter is letting him down big time. Um, so, I mean, keep watching know. out for that. I mean, he's just hitting the ball better and better. He, I would not know what that feels like. He was yeah. second in strokes gained approach this week. Yep. Who was first, Ricky? I have no clue. Oh. I know Ricky was at that. Uh, he was leading in strokes gained approach for at, at some point. But, I can look. Yeah, look it up. Ricky was third in strokes gained approach. Okay. Um, can I – course stats. There we go. Um, you guys can keep talking. I'm just kind of talking to myself here. Um, but we got to talk about this Jordan Speed bunker shot. Did you guys see this? I did. Um, I didn't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. I See, and that's the problem is that you didn't see it. That's half the story because – Jordan Spieth hits, um, I think, didn't his caddy, Greller, didn't Greller call it the best shot he's ever seen or the best, either that or the best bunker shot he's ever seen? I think he said it was the best bunker shot he's ever seen. Was it on and 17? It was, was on 17, the third round. I saw the result of it, but I didn't see the shot. They didn't, they didn't show it. I remember so, the announcers were like, that's the best shot I've ever seen from that bunker. Yeah, and then they they never showed it. So that was definitely pretty cool move. Yeah, uh, let's see. I'm trying to bring up the actual. Uh, like how, the distance of it, how far it was away. But I can't. I don't know how to go to round three. And it was like I think it was like 75 yards or something like that. I think it might have been even less. So he was in that bunker over to the right, Noah, on 17. The first um, one, right? Uh, the one closest to the green that's oh, over really? on, on the right edge of the fairway, but the pin was back left. Mm-hmm. And he hit it to like a foot and a half. Yeah. Almost hold it. It was going like dead center and just kind of stopped. Yeah. Was it really so, that good of a shot then? I thought he was in the far bunker. Wait, the one that's like in the middle of the fairway. Is that what you're talking about? No, it's over on the right side. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. And the pin was okay. It was yeah, back that's left. Pretty, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good shot because that was that's probably what like fifty yards. Yeah, I was thinking like fifty, sixty, and then if you obviously if you go long at all, it's in the water, and that whole part of the green rolls or slopes or, away from him. Or if you don't spin it enough, it's in the water too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did find the uh, strokes gained. Scotty Scheffler was first in strokes gained approach. That yeah, seems about right. So, yeah, but we just had to, t- um, I had to, like, I had to see the shot on, like, some obscure phone camera from, like, really far away to actually see the shot. So, there's the fact that, the CBS broadcast team did not think it was necessary to show that shot is actually insane. But yeah, I had to, I uh, mean, you didn't see it. Unless you, the only way you would have ever uh, seen the shot is if you 
follow a Jordan Spieth tracker on Twitter. Like yeah. even on even on Sunday, I don't think they ever showed it. Um. All right. Any anything else on Spieth? Um, butter let him down. I'm just looking oh, at yeah. strokes gained. He was he was <laughs> second in strokes gained approach, third in strokes gained tee to green, sixth in sto- strokes gained total, but he was 51st in yeah. strokes gained putting. Yeah, his speed was off. Like especially the final round, he couldn't get anything to the hole. Yeah. It was very, uh, very frustrating. Uh, Rom and JT. Rom not having his, probably not having his A game. I'm sure he would tell you that, but still managing to find a way to be in contention. A little bit of a disappointing final round. Um, you know, he was three under through six, right near the lead, but then went even par the rest of the way. It's a little bit disappointing for him, but he all he does is, all he does is contend in tournaments. All right. I've got a question for you guys. So, you know, the waste management open logo. Okay. Is that it's gotta be 16, right? Like a shape of whole 16. Yeah. yeah that's what that it's is. It's the stadium. Yeah. All right. I couldn't really tell if it was that or if it was like an open garbage can. No. Yeah. That's the, that's the, it's supposed to be the shape of the stadium. Yeah. But I was leaning, but I was leaning towards 16. So but it kind of looks like a garbage can. So maybe it's a little bit of both. Uh anything jump out at you from Rom or JT? Um I guess sneaky from, JT final round. Oh, we're talking JT. I was looking at Rory. Um Rory. Rory or Rom? I was looking at Rory, not JT. Uh, for, for Rombo, just a you know, another solid week. He just, you know, a couple shots here and there that, that shot in the water on, um, 15 in the final round. Yeah. And there's, there's just kind of some tee shots that got away from him. It seemed like, like on 10, for example, I think 11, you know, trying to hit that little cut because those holes are dug like rights and he's just kind of overcutting it, getting himself in trouble. Um, Looking at JT, he was first in strokes gained approach on Sunday, first in strokes gained tee to green. Played a really solid round. Uh, you know, six under. He made it a little bit of a charge there. A couple birdies early. Then he birdied four of his last six. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely like to see that out of, uh, out of JT. Also, I, uh, the bunker shot from Spieth was 76 yards. 76? So, yeah. It's pretty impressive. I've never used this website before. Have you guys ever been, used this data golf website? Uh, I, I've, yeah, very little. I'm aware of it. Sweet. Right, what website are you, are you on? Cool, cool math games? <laughs> Shut up. Close. Data golf. I've used that website a lot, James. I'm sure you have. Uh, all right. Uh, JT playing well. Rombo. Uh, we get to Ricky. Ricky. Wee, 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 wee. That's the ace alert. Ricky continuing to trend in the right direction, I would say. Um, and obviously, yesterday with the hole in one, sort of the uh, highlight of the event. 
And yeah, he is simultaneously one of the most fun, but also extremely frustrating golfers to root for. Terrible off the tee. Oh yeah, he was awful. Yep. Dog water off the tee. He lost round four. He lost one and a half shots off the tee. I think the day before he lost like four. Round three. Yeah, four. He, lost- he he blazed it off the tee on Saturday. He lost four point two zero shots. Yeah, he how had- how can you be so bad off the tee? Yeah, he was he had he was he took multiple uh unplayables in the third round. But speaking of the third round, how about this stat? So from five to ten feet in the third round, he was 0 for four. But from 10 to 15 feet, he was six for six. That's <laughs> so weird. <clears throat> that's awesome. It's so that, weird. That is just that's those an insane four, stat. Those five to ten footers are knee knockers, dude. And most of the time they were for birdies because his iron game was so hot. Like those, he missed just an infuriating amount of like six footers for birdie this week. Um, but then was just whenever he had like a 13 footer for par, he was making it. He is always like, whenever he hits a good shot, like we were kind of talking about this before the show, he'll hit a good iron shot and then just blow the putt but then he'll hit a, a terrible approach shot and like leg one up and scare the hole from 40 feet. It's just, it's so annoying to watch Ricky sometimes. And then uh, he'll make a hole in one on the seventh hole to sort of jump like, you know, onto the fringe of into the fringe of contention and then proceed to bogey the next two holes and just throw away the two shots that he just gained. Uh, somehow he lost 0.05 strokes putting. Yeah, that makes sense. On hole seven. By not taking a putt. So wait, wait. He lost strokes putting. He lost strokes hole? putting on that hole, even though he didn't putt. So I don't know how that works. But yeah, I don't. I don't know that either. Um. But he's, even uh, with that, he he gained two shots approach on that that tee shot, and then finished the round with plus one strokes gained approach. So he lost a shot throughout the rest of the round. Oh yeah, that was definitely uh, his least dialed of his rounds. That's sort of I, I've sort of sensed that theme, like sort of the final round. Um, his miss is definitely short right with the irons, sort of like a like fanning it off to the right a little bit. Um, yeah. I saw that a lot at Zozo in the final round when he was like right near the lead. Every, whenever he would hit a fairway, and it's like okay, it's time to you know it's time to stick one here. It's just sort of you know 40, 45 feet out to the right. That's kind this of a mess. Fun. I like this website. Uh, yeah, he's he's up to number eighty in the world, which uh, in the uh, I'm not we're, we'll get to this later, but he's featured a little bit in the first episode of uh, Full Swing, and it says he's introduced as Ricky Fowler, world number one forty nine. So Yikes. definitely improved. Has definitely improved since. Yikes. Gone from gone up nearly 70 spots in the world golf you think, ranking. So you think that's Ricky's introduction when he meets people who don't know him? Hi, I'm, I'm Ricky Fowler. Fowler. I'm world, world number 149. I bet. Maybe. I bet so. I think, I think Ricky just needs to go back to the old, you know, dirt bike riding, long hair Ricky. What did you guys think of his putter? 
If you could call it a putter. I, the grip just bothers me. Like that grip is so obnoxious. I don't like it. Also, the putter head was a little bit obnoxious too. The putter head is, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I, I don't like it, but obviously I'm not him. He, uh, do you know the story behind it, Noah? I heard the commentators say that he like his caddy was using it or something. Yeah, so that's how it started. It was um, before the American Express in January. It was like the Sunday before tournament week, and he was just mm-hmm. out like messing around with his caddy, and he hit his caddy's putter, which is basically the same thing. And he's like, "Oh, I kind of like that." So they went to the the Callaway tour truck and was like, "Can you guys build me one like this?" And then they did. But it has like thirty grams of lead tape on the bottom. And I don't know how long it is. It's probably like 39 inches at least. Yeah. Here's, here's my question about those big grips is like you only grab like eight inches of a grip. So what's the point of having a two foot long grip? It's like if you want weight, just put a weight on there. And put the well, grip. yeah, it is. It is counterbalanced. Um, I, the grip, like the part below his hands. I don't know. I don't know what that's for. But I mean, there's above his hands. I mean, it's counterbalanced, I believe. So. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting putter. It's still, I still am not used to looking at it. I still liked looking at him when he had the, uh, when he had the six Scotty, the GSS, but I don't know. Hopefully it works out for him, but yeah, it's definitely not the, not the cleanest to look at, especially, you know, speaking since he, he used to have such a cool flat stick. Speaking of putter grips, completely off topic, but have you guys ever like seen how Matt Kuchar putts? Yeah, doesn't he do reverse arm lock now? Yeah, he does arm lock, but he does it up his right arm. Yeah. It like it looks so weird. He's like like just looks so weird. Yeah, it's yeah, so when he had arm lock on his front arm, obviously like so then the, there's a lot of forward press, so he had to have like probably like at least 6 degrees of loft on the putter, but now that it's going up his right arm, I think he has negative loft on the putter. No way. Yeah. Yep. It just looks so uncomfortable. That's crazy. That was completely off topic. I'm sorry, but and it I wasn't heard... even. I don't think he was like struggling with putting that much before. I don't know why you would switch, but they've been saying this has been keeping him in it. So, okay. He also put a little bit of weight on Matt Kuchar. Starting to get a little chunky. You know, he used to be kind of the string bean guy, and he's got a little tummy on him. Bad body. Is he is he close to getting ready for the? Uh... Oh, he's got to be. I, he's he's like forty eight, isn't he? Let's see. He's gonna thrive on the on the Champions Tour. He may be forty eight, but his feet Ooh. are like twenty five, and those Skechers go golfs. He's only forty four. Oh he's my god, he's to younger go. than Tiger, then, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but he All can right. go thirty six on those Skechers. Yeah, That's he'll true. he'll be. He'll be walking until he's 95. I, I did like the Snoop Dogg Skechers commercial last night. Oh, that was pretty solid, yeah. Snoop. Um, Max Homa is one of us. Oh, yeah, the Max Homa club throw was pretty elite. Did you see that, Noah? Did not see it. That thing had some force behind it. Did not see it. Ooh, I should be careful. Very nice, very nice club throw. He was in a fairway bunker. I don't know where the shot went, but he just – took his club and just yeah. yeeted it out of there. Probably like, I don't know, 30 yards forward. Oh, so it was some good distance. They have some good RPM. Well, well, he didn't really throw it. He basically just like whipped it into the ground and it kept going. 
but it wasn't like a, he tossed it in the air. But it was kind of a skimmer, like a ground. Skimmer. Yeah, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a little bit of a skimmer. Yeah. yeah, I like a good weed whacker throw. I'm more of a I'm more of a like thirty degree up in the air kind of. Well, disappointing and frustrating week for Homa. I'm sure he wanted to be in the mix, but I guess you can't every week. Yeah, there's some disappointments from uh, guys like Homa and Rory. Um, yeah, I just don't know if this course or event is a good fit for Roy. I mean, he had only played it once prior, but obviously now that's a designated event, he was there. Kind so of some, sure. some of our guys missed the cut. Colin Morikawa, Taylor Montgomery, Chaz Reevy, our local Chaz Slovakian Reevy. missed the cut. Slovakian legend. Uh, Francesco Molinari was apparently in the field this week. Didn't know that. He shot 10 over. Um, let's see here. Jimmy Walker didn't even know he still played golf. This is going to be a good segue. How would your boy uh, Sahith do? Uh, he was – he made the cut. He, I think he finished like 25th, didn't he? Maybe a little lower than that. Uh, where is he at? Oh, he's way lower. Um, where is he at? T39. Tied with Lucas oh. Glover. Okay. Hey, Lucas Glover got a paycheck. Yeah. So did Tom him. Tough weekend though. 73, 73. Yeah, that's tough. Especially, I don't know. I wonder how uh, Scavi felt getting absolutely dusted by Ricky on, yeah, on Saturday. Tough. See ya, sucker. Um, Zach Johnson in the field too. He was stroking. Yeah. Duffner, Jason Duffner, T32. Duff daddy. Matt Fitzpatrick had a really nice final round. Yeah, 65. He was rolling the rock. Hayden Buckley. How about uh, yeah. Hayden Buckley stuffing one on 16 the final day and then missing like a two-footer for birdie? Yeah, that was that was tough. I mean, at least he's having fun with it on social media that I've seen. But Yeah, he they tweeted out the video of the shot, and then he just said, show the next putt. Yeah, he said, show the putt <laughs> with like the crying emoji or something. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Bo Hossel, um, good week. He just had a really good final round, I think, 63. Also, Charlie Hoffman, is he making a return on a sponsor's exemption, top 15? I think I think he just loves this event. I don't um, – but, yeah, we'll see if that leads to something. Yeah, he hasn't he was, played good golf in quite a while. He was wearing some sick waste management Phoenix Open pants on Saturday. Yeah, he's been, a, he's been an ambassador of WM for quite a while. All right, back to Sahith, because you told me that you have a huge Sahith take. It's not a huge take. It's just something I've had on my chest and on my heart for a while. Sahith has some of the worst style on tour. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. How do you feel about that take? Uh, I love how I Google Sahith Tagala, and then two pictures that come up are a picture of Barstool Riggs and then a picture of the streaker grinding on the flagstick. So Jenks, so Heath has a nice unibrow though. He does. Dude, I I respect he's that. Got, he's got some weird style. Like a lot of blacks and grays and khakis. Yes. Like it feels like there's three colors in his wardrobe. Black, gray, and dark brown. Grow, yeah. It it's like he wears that that black ping hat every round, feels like. And yep. it's like and it feels like it's somewhat faded, so it's almost brown. And then he wears those black pants that or they look like they're <laughs> Faded, slightly brown. 
who knows what color they're actually supposed to be. And then maybe with like a dark gray shirt. I mean, that's what it feels like he wears every single round. And you know what? Frankly, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. Um, not the greatest uh, dresser, but you know, we don't, we don't hate a, a neutral colored dresser. Like Adam, some of Adam Scott's outfits are pretty fun. With his Explain brown. to me what makes Sahith Thigala on your cheer for what, what puts him on your cheer for list? Uh, they interviewed him on foreplay once and he was a pretty good interview and he plays chess. So he's on my list. Yeah. Big chess player. I think he's like a, I think he's like 1900, 2000 ELO. Yikes. He looks like he's a chess player. What's that mean? He just looks like a chess player. Okay. All right. Fair. Well, I mean, I he's got a unibrow. Like that's just what. Do chess players wear a lot of black and khaki and brown? They Unibrow's- usually do. Yeah, well, chess players only have one pair of clothing, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so then that seems about right. I mean, that's what that's what Saad does. The unibrow help, helps you focus too. It blocks out a little more light when you're at the board. Interesting. You can really get into the zone. Here's okay. Here's a fun fact. Saad Tagala is born exactly a week before I was. Same year. So you're this, like, almost the same age. Yeah. And he's just better at chess, better at golf, just better, better looking. Just a better human being. Um, I'm a better dresser, though. I heard, I heard you're better at uh, simulator golf than he is, though. I probably am. <laughs> I mean, I don't see him taking down the number one seed in the Watertown <laughs> Golf Simulator Ryder Cup. So I didn't see him do that either, so you got that on him. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> So that's that's my side take. Nothing crazy, but I had to get it off my chest. I've been thinking it for a while. He has a cool swing. It's very unique. I'm here for it, though. I like his putting stroke. I like the way he puts. You know whose swings I like? Because they're exactly the same as mine. Victor Hovland and Matt Kuchar. Whoa. Those are, yeah, you're just going to go up there and say, like, oh, I swing exactly like Victor Hovland, like one of the well, greatest swings on planet Earth right now. Aim, aim right and pull it online. Like, that's just the story of my life. Oh, that's – yeah, but those swings are very different. Like, Victor, like, super high, really nice move. Okay, I will just give yeah, myself so Matt Victor, Kuchar. I'll give Kuchar myself Matt Kuchar. His hands Victor, like, the, the hands go inside for Victor, and then he gets to the top. And the hands go more outside, but the club shallows. Yeah, those hands are way in front of him, but the club shallows. Jengs, I wouldn't say the club shallows a whole lot. Oh, it's very, it's very shallow. I don't even take divots. Jengs, you're an over the topper. I'm a big over the topper. Kucher is too. Kucher kind of wraps it around his body. Yeah, me and Kucher are pretty similar swings. We'll go with that. He's just better than I am. Okay. Uh Anything else for the Phoenix Open? I don't know. Just uh, overall, so that was the first full field uh, designated event. How do you like? How how do you feel about it? I I like the designated events. I hope next year they spread them out. Yeah, having four in a in like a five week stretch is yeah. That's not it. And I get why because you know those events are ones that the PGA Tour wants to be big events. Then move them. But yeah, I I think they're floating the idea of, you know, uh, not having the same events be the designated events every year. So, I mean, I know I I don't know which ones I'd want to get rid of at this point, but I hope they they do like like I'd like to see 
yeah, Harbor Town. Like I'd like to see the Honda be an elevated event. Maybe Farmers. I mean, so if there's... if Harbor Town is a designated event, so can the John Deere Classic. That is true. That that was surprising to see Harbor Town be designated. The Travelers too. I don't know how you felt about that one. Aren't they playing a live event at the course that the Travelers always uses? No, no. that's the Greenbrier. That's the Greenbrier. Yes. Yep. The Greenbrier that has been taken that over by anymore? live. That that event? No. A military not tribute existed for a while. The Green... uh, it's probably been a couple seasons. Yeah. Huh. Didn't they used to have a tournament congressional every year too? Uh, it would go there sometimes. That would be uh, what's now the. I think it became the Rocket Mortgage, because that really? used to be the Quicken Loans National, which used to be the AT and T National, which used to be hosted by Tiger. And that would be at congressional uh, sometimes. Sometimes it would oh. be at other courses like Aronimink. Um, but yeah, generally it was at congressional. Yeah. The AT&T national last time was in 2014. And that became quick and loans for a few years. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Anything else on Phoenix? I don't think I have anything on Phoenix. Oh, I didn't talk about the Xander drop. The, oh. the very controversial did you hear about this? Or do you know the details? Yes, I do. So did you see this, Noah, or do we need to give a brief? Please explain. So it's the thir- 13th hole, right? Uh, I don't remember what hole it was. I think it was the 13th hole. So he drove it right into the desert, and his ball ended up, like, directly behind a tree, like, less than a foot behind it. Like, he was – it was just a a sideways hack, basically try to get back to the fairway. Well, he uh, called the rules official over because he wanted to plead his case that he was standing on or in the hole of a burrowing animal. And the official was like, no, I don't think so. And he wanted a second opinion. So they got another official and the official granted him the relief for a burrowing animal because his right foot was on or in or near what was supposedly a hole for a burrowing animal. So he got free relief and he dropped like away from the tree and hit it onto the green and two putted for birdie. But you know, what's not a burrowing animal fire ants. Those are tunnel making. Exactly. Bubba Watson pointed out to us. So I, I don't like this. It it was just, that's just not the spirit of the rule. No. Um, I mean, it's that's like what a, golfers do. They take advantage of the rules any way they can. I understand yeah. it, but you know, just don't hit it there. Like if your foot really was in a hole for a burrowing animal, like it should, I mean, I don't know what the official could do in this case, but it should just be, okay, you can move like three feet backwards and, stay like directly behind the tree i don't know i mean even then would have been probably not even fair because you can go yeah, more you forward but you should have to take a line of flight or line straight back between you and the flag you shouldn't be able to take side relief he shouldn't that. have been able to get relief at all from this situation. i mean that's just i don't know i don't like it a little bit slimy not a fan i mean he, he missed it way right he was up behind a tree and then he just gets free relief free shot at the green an easy birdie. Yeah. If Sanders was a real man, he would have hit that ball. Oh yeah. But I mean, everything, everything works out the way it should. He ended up not playing very well after that. So. 
Uh, all right, the Genesis coming up. Riviera, uh, according to Dan Rappaport, the best course they play every year on tour, and it's not particularly close, end quote. Uh, I, I think don't know the how I feel about thing, that statement. The only thing this event has going for it this week is that it's a designated event, and some news came out, I believe it was Saturday during the tournament, or Friday. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know which day. But. One Eldrick Taunt Woods is playing in this event this week. He's making his return to competitive golf. Yes. Ty Gerwoods is playing this week. No, Ty Gerwood. <laughs> I saw him on Twitter this week, you know. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, so, obviously, this is great news. Super excited to see Tiger in his first non-major event since 2020. Um. Let's see, where was I going to go with this? I had a good question, and it just totally slipped my mind. Um, wow, He's going to win. That's what's going to happen. He's going to win. Um, I, loved a, I love Max Homa's comment oh. of, we're going to have to carry him down the hill on one and up the hill on 18. Yeah, if that were the case, I don't think Tiger would be playing. I don't know, how, I don't know if he appreciates that quote, but what – what do you think he meant by I'm playing in an actual PGA tour event? Like, what do you, what do you think he meant by that quote? It sort of seemed like, um, I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I don't know if he's just saying like the majors aren't PGA tour events or, you know, he's only been playing, uh, like the father, son and stuff like that. Like he just hasn't played really a lot of golf and the golf he has played has been kind of these, more exhibition-y type golf events. So I think that's that's kind of what I got from his. Okay. It almost seemed like a shot at the Phoenix Open or something. It was kind of weird, but some people were interpreting it in certain ways that probably not, that probably not what Tiger meant, but really excited to see him play. Uh, you know, we'll be obviously curious to see how he plays. And... Uh, yeah, just looking forward to another event with a great field. So, sorry, I'm looking at something. Like, what are your thoughts on Riviera, Noah? Um, I don't know. It's cool. I think, I think it's a really cool course, but I think it gets a little too much hype. I would agree with that. It's like, yeah, I don't know. The hype around it is like almost not about the course. It's just like about the history and I don't know. It's cool though. Some uh, some big news this week. Sorry, Noah, continue. No, that's all I, I, I have nothing else to say. Um, world number one is up for up for grabs again this week after Scotty just took it over. Uh. Rom and Rory both have a chance to jump back up to number one. Nick Taylor just jumped up to 73. Almost a if, uh, if somehow Tiger Woods wins, he would jump up from 1,294 to number 54. No way. Yeah. It's um, a pretty big jump. I mean, wait, he's wait. only he has only played three official events in the last two years. Yeah, so you said Tiger could get into like the top fifty. He could get to fifty four if he wins. 
That's crazy. From twelve ninety four. That's that's wild. That's crazy. Um, you guys got any quick picks for Riviera? Uh, Tiger. Okay, we got Tiger. What about Noah? Mm, who's playing? Is it a designated event? Yes, it is. So basically, Tiger's everybody. playing. Everyone. Um, I'll take Brooks. Okay. <laughs> Brooks, who? Brooks Cupcake, of course. Well, dude, we're we're actually going to get to Brooks later. Um, some some interesting stuff is coming out on Brooks, but um, in no, all Brooks honesty, will not be playing. I'm going to look at Xander this week. All right, I, I bet like, I like I like Finau. I Xander bet, fifteen to one betting odds. I'll take Xander. I bet Ted Scott plays in the Monday qualifier, qualifies, and then goes on to win. As Scotty was Scotty as his. On the bag, the weekend. Scotty misses the cut. Scotty, do you realize it's Monday Scott. night right now? You can literally look up who Monday qualified. So, like, you, you can figure think, it out right now. I don't know. I, I don't think making a prediction of who's going to Monday qualify. I mean, Just probably saying, public pretty, information at this point. That'd be a pretty good storyline. So, all right. So you like Ted Scott. I like Tony Finau, and Jengs likes Tiger. So Tiger and Xander Shoffley. Oh, Those and Xander. Two. Okay. And Ricky, though. Xander Dropolay. Yeah. I like Ricky every week. Xander Shoffley, sketchy Dropolay. Except uh, <laughs> except this is probably not a good week for a guy who's struggling with drivers, so maybe Ricky should be left out of the conversation. Xander Shoffley? That's that's Xander? fair. Tom Kim, maybe. Oh, Tom yeah. Kim. Tom Kim. Uh, Tiger Woods is 150-1 to one at this Also, Also, Homa. Homa. I like, I like Homa this week, too. Past champion. Yep. It drives it very straight. All right. Uh, we mentioned Brooks. Uh, we mentioned some world golf ranking stuff. There's a couple things in the live area to touch on. Um, so there was this article that came out with Bryson. Um, so he recently, it, it, it came out. He's not with uh, Cobra anymore. I think uh, Cobra was sick of him and he was playing it. He was playing a stealth out in uh, the Saudi international, I think ended up being the final straw, but uh, he apparently is visiting ping headquarters, like uh, doing some equipment testing with ping now, but uh, some of the Cobra, uh, I guess reps had a few interesting things to say about Bryson just because they've been working with them for so long now. But so I think a lot of this started a couple of years ago, I think it was the 2021 open championship when do you remember when he had the quote saying this driver sucks? Yes. That yeah. was huge news. That driver yeah. did kind of suck though. So was that the, yeah, was that the one that went so F six King far? Uh, no, that would have been the, I think the rad speed, but, and there was, and the Cobra rep, this guy, I mean, he had, some quotes at the time just saying like, yeah, that was why I don't know why he would say that. Like we basically bend over backwards to try to, you know, give him everything like he's requesting in terms of equipment. Um, so Cobra, Cobra Pumas, PJ tour rep, Ben Showman or Skoman. I'm not sure exactly how you say it. Um, ben said, I wish him all, the, I, I wish him all the best, but it's going to be a struggle just because of what he wants to do. Um, so he said, you know, who has been at DeChambeau's beck and call and bend it over backwards to accommodate his every request. Um, he noted that uh, recent comments to a re- 
reporter regarding what he was searching for in a driver also rubbed the Cobra officials the wrong way. Um, just sort of saying like what he wants in a driver is basically that Bryson saying he wants a driver that you can hit it anywhere on the face, but like not lose ball speed or accuracy. And this rep, uh, Ben Showman says it was such an asinine statement, especially for a guy who is perceived to be all knowing when it comes to science and physics that he said he needs a driver that can be hit anywhere and everywhere across the face and find the fairway with increased speed uh, demands, increased precision. It's like a race car. You've got to be a better driver when you're going at 200 miles an hour than you do at 75. He doesn't believe that he thinks there's a magic bullet out there. He is looking for a unicorn. Um, and then later he said Cobra's R&D team and tour staff invested more time and effort with Shambo than arguably any brand has for one of its ambassadors ever. Um, he said, we don't have the manpower to deal with him. Uh, so I think it goes on a little bit, but that's basically the general gist of it. Um, this I'll file this into my not surprising news for the week. Oh, yeah, this is like uh, what it's like to work with Bryson as his equipment rep. This is like kind of the the Pikachu meme. This is the Pikachu meme of the week. Yeah, that um, he, when he decides to swing as fast as humanly possible and then realizes that it's harder to hit the fairway, it's like I, I am just always intrigued. How different is Bryson's career if he does not beef up and try and hit everything three seventy five? It's interesting because it obviously helped him, like in the first year or two, like he was one of the best in the world. He was a consistent top 10 player. What what year did he do that? Do you remember? Uh, it was sort of like after COVID in 2020 that he sort of like debuted the new, like his new style of play, just basically swinging as hard as possible. I think it was early 2021 when he peaked. I mean, that was when he won the Arnold Palmer. Uh, he almost won the players. And so that was sort of uh, probably when that, that was probably peak Bryson. Yeah, because like his 2019-2020 stats – I mean, he had some really good finishes in 2020. T5, yeah, and that, that, like that was T5 right after. Genesis. That was when he was doing the eight protein shakes a day. Yeah, and even before that, like 2018, uh, he won the Shriners. He had a lot of high finishes. Um, like 2017, right when he first came onto the scene, three wins that year. Like, he he was good with the old swing, even in college, like just the standard skinny Bryson was good. Um, yeah. It, it is just crazy that like, he's seen as all this like scientists, but he, you know, is sort of acting shocked when the company is telling him like, okay, I mean, there's, there's not much we can do when you're swinging that fast. And if you hit it on the toe, like you're going to miss the fairway left. Yeah. What are your thoughts? You're, you're sort of a physics engineering science guy, Noah. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's a pretty dumb statement to make. Like there's just trade-offs. That's how the world works. Like you can pick three things that you want and you can only get two of them. You know, it's kind of like, that's just how it works. You can't have everything. Yeah. Um, but this is actually a funny thing from this article. I, I had to, I had to touch on it. Um, this is just kind of shows like how, how Bryson thinks of himself. 
Um, so this is back when he signed with Cobra back in 2016 when he turned pro. DeChambeau said he shed tears with the first when the first batch of Cobra single-length irons were presented to him. He put them straight into his bag and commemorated the moment by signing the frosted glass wall in CEO Bob uh, Fillion's office in permanent ink with with the with the sentence the day the game changed July 13th 2016 Do you think they have since taken a sledgehammer to that glass and replaced it I hope so So Cobra made a just turning pro Bryson DeChambeau a set of irons that were all the same length and he took a permanent marker and wrote on the glass wall of the CEO's office this is the day that the game of golf changed He's a winner. Oh, he's delusional. All right. Um, gosh, we still got some stuff to get you. This I know. A long one. Um, all right. So Bryson, DJ falls out of the top 50 in the world ranking. Pretty First shocking. time in 13 years, I think I saw. Yeah. Um, uh, now, do I think Dustin Johnson is worse than over 50 golfers? No, I don't. He's obviously... Do you- do you think he even realizes he's out of the top 50? I'm guessing he doesn't care. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I would be surprised if he cared. I mean, he's still got to have exemption. I guess he's lifetime exempt into the masters if they keep letting him play. Yeah. So here's uh, the thing. Like I've seen a lot of people on social media saying, okay, well if Bryson or if Dustin, you know, is outside the top 50 in the world ranking, the ranking is irrelevant. Like it, it's not measuring the best players in the world. It's like, okay, I get where you're coming from. But how are they supposed to rank it? Like, when's the last time he played competitively? Yeah, like, how are you supposed to rank so, him playing against Andy freaking Ogletree? Yeah, and it's not even just, like, that the events he's playing in aren't that strong. But it's like, he hasn't, he's not playing events. How are you supposed to just give him points because you think he's good? He's not playing that many events. So I'm curious, like, what they're, if, yeah. the, if they had, like, an actual solution to the problem that they're trying to point out or if it's just sort of complaining yeah i don't know but and for those who are unaware the top 50 is important because that's kind of the the spot that gets you into all the majors i think top 50 gets you auto qualifies you into all four doesn't it yeah so yeah he's he, falling does, out of he that still top does 50. have full exemptions to all of them through 2025 yeah due to his master's win in uh 2020 yeah, and then I think it's a 10-year for the U.S. Open, so I think he's through 26 for the U.S. Open. Um, and then lifetime for the Masters, since he won the yeah. Masters. But, so yeah, the top 50. And I think, actually, I think Bryson fell out of the top 100, too. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that as well. Which, so he's been playing be... terrible golf anyway, so. Yeah, that is fair. Um Liv starts, like, I think next week, actually. Are you excited, Noah? Let's go, boys. Come on, get fired up. <laughs> I think they're at Mayacoba for the first event in Mexico. Okay, right, let's go. Are you uh, going to watch that on CW? Probably. I watch every event. Maybe catch some Gossip Girl and then switch over to uh, to Liv Golf. He's yeah, more of a Riverdale some, guy. Watch some Mean Girls, maybe. I watch oh. that movie. All right. Well, I I can tell you I'm not going to be watching, so you can you can give me the report after. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll give you. I'll tell you guys all about it. You don't I'll be watching. I want you to not watch this. So I can tell you. I'll be watching it. Ricky win the Honda, and you can tell me what happened at Mayakoba. How's okay. that? Deal. 
I'll be watching full swing. Okay. Yes. Good segue. So full swing. Um, the bogey train was given special early access to the first episode, and it definitely has nothing to do with the Michelob commercial that uh, James was talking about earlier. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, special media privileges. Um, That's so what you I, get I, when you're a top 250 ranked podcast in the world for the golf. So yeah, in the world of yeah, golf and comedy, uh, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I watched the entire first episode. It was, I don't know how much, how much detail you guys want me to go into. How, how long was the episode? How long? 49 minutes. So they're not super long. There's only eight of them total. Yeah. Uh, You know, just what are your, what were your first impressions of the show? Like what, what do you think of it? Well, it was good. I mean, they do a little bit of like, um, some like very basic things like explaining golf, like what a you know, like throughout, like they'll be like, okay, yeah. well, a birdie is when you go one under like the expected score on a hole or whatever, mm-hmm. just because, you know, you don't know exactly who the viewership is going to be. Um, a lot of good stuff, some good stuff to see behind the scenes. Um, uh, like we talked about this, I don't know if we talked about this last week or just on Tuesday when mm-hmm. Noah wasn't here, but um, the first episode features uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. I don't know if you were aware of that, Noah. Mm, no, I didn't watch it. Yeah, so the first episode is JT and Jordan. And, I mean, it's it's pretty good. Um, those two, there's not really a lot of controversy, you know, that those two are involved in or you're, like, you know, speaking a lot of controversial things. So as far as, like, some of the juicier stuff that we're expecting from the series, it'll probably have to wait till after the first episode, it was still good, but it wasn't like, you know, get your popcorn out sort of Mm -hmm. viewing. Yeah. So, um, I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to compare it to like drive to survive, but that focuses a lot on teams. So a lot of media people in it. Like I know Dan Rappaport's in it. He's in it. Um, Um, Dylan, how do you say that guy's last name? uh, Dylan Detlier or Detlier. Uh, I think it's like the chair. I think it's pronounced really weird, but he's in it. Uh, Amanda Balionis is in it. Um, is there a Holly Saunders sighting? Oh man, there's so much plastic. She should be in a receptacle at the waste management. Oh, <laughs> roasted. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else, but just like is just some behind the scenes stuff with Jordan and JT and them talking about like their goals and uh, some backstory, like uh, a decent amount of backstory on JT because like his dad is part of it too. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they kind of go back to like their college days and talk about that a little bit? They do a little bit just because like the Jordan and JT like rivalry. Yeah, it, kind of, it goes back to college, but it was good. What Obviously, you, I'm going to watch the rest of them. I was going to watch all of them anyway. So, yeah. How would you rate the first episode out of ten? Like on what on the grounds of like what you were expecting and everything that just kind of came with it. Like ten being it was everything you expected and it was great. One being like I didn't expect any of that and it was like not really that good. Where would you kind of throw it? 
somewhere in the six to seven range. Um, it was it was enjoyable watching it, but it wasn't like after it. I was like, gosh, that was amazing. Like, yeah, especially for. I I just won't spoil it for what's all going to be included in the first episode. But I mean, the events that they showed, I feel like they could have shown a lot more like from those events, especially Mm -hmm. considering that JT and Jordan were the, um, you know, were the focus of the episode. So I don't know. It was, did I I see there was a Mito Pereira sighting in uh, that someone threw out? Yeah. Yep. So I'm assuming they feature the PGA. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember Jordan's season from last year. I don't remember what he won or if he won. RBC so. Heritage. Oh, yeah, the tournament that is a joke. So, great. Wesley Bryan yeah. won that tournament once. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that. Uh, yeah, so. But it, it an interesting angle that they use is like, the angle of JT trying to catch up to Jordan. Kind of like living in his shadow because Jordan yeah. kind of came out and won the Masters right which, away. And... Yeah, which isn't something I would think about because I would say for the last handful of years at least, JT has been the better player. Yeah. Uh, just doesn't have the major resume that Jordan has. But this they kind of positioned it like, you know, Jordan came out and, you know, won all these big events right away in his career. And JT was like seeing that, like almost jealous and like, almost like, you know, sort of living in his shadow. It was kind of like the younger brother moment. Trying to, you know, come up and finally like have a career that's on par with Jordan's and all this sort of stuff. So I I wasn't expecting like that angle. And I had never thought about it that way, especially like I said, because over the past five ish years, JT has been consistently the better player. Yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, I won't, I won't go into any more detail except for, uh, so there's a thing on Brooks that in the first episode, well, it doesn't really show it, but it's basically like, uh, coming next on swing. So there's just a very short preview Mm. clip, uh, from the next episode and episode two is, is about Brooks. And, uh, so there's a tweet um, from Garrett Morrison at the Fried Egg. Um, this, and this was after Scotty won the Phoenix Open yesterday. It says, and that's why Scotty Scheffler intimidated Brooks Kepka all the way off the PGA Tour with an asterisk and then a note. Um, that's an exaggeration, but based on an episode or from the upcoming series, not a ridiculous exaggeration. So I'm thinking we're going to get into that in the next episode because in the preview clip, there's a very short clip of Brooks saying like what sounds like I just can't compete with these guys week in and week out. So um, I don't know if that's taken out of context. I don't know exactly what he means by that, but I mean, just based off of, you know, some of the people in golf media that have seen all of it, it sort of seems like, you know, maybe the reasons, one of the reasons for Brooks going to live is he legitimately, you know, can't keep up. Felt like he, could not compete week in and week out with the guys on the PGA tour, but who knows, maybe that'll be completely off base and we'll, we'll see on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever I get around to watch an episode two, but that'll be yeah. interesting, especially for someone who has been so confident, almost cocky and arrogant his whole career. That would be very shocking to hear that from him. Yeah. Kind of like a eat your words moment there from, from Brooks possibly. 
Definitely excited for it. I, you know, you kind of sent out that code to us last night and I, I thought about watching the first episode, but I kind of just, I just want to wait and just watch it all at once. You know, let the drama build up a little bit more and I'm definitely excited for it. I'm excited to, to watch the series. Uh, you know, I've loved drive to survive the last two years since I got into F1. So definitely excited to kind of have a, a golf series behind it as well. Yeah. And it'll be interesting, especially since you've seen drive to survive, like how you think it compares if it's, if it's as good or not as good, I've seen positive reviews and negative reviews. So, um, yeah, it's definitely from like what drive to survive sounded like it was definitely kind of, especially the early seasons more catered to like new fans. Uh, you know, just trying to get, like you said, give the ins and outs of golf. Like this is a birdie. This is a bogey, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's so not just, a whole lot of that, but yeah, I'd assume the first few episodes, maybe first season will kind of be more catered to, to new viewers. Uh, and if we keep going with it, it'll kind of get that more in-depth analysis, but I'm excited to watch it for sure. Any thoughts, Noah? Drive to survive is a great show. I love that show. It's about formula one. It's a pretty fun. Watch would highly recommend. I mean, like on full swing or anything like I've said oh, about the first episode oh, or. Oh, that's my bad. No, it's my bad. I like was going to watch it the other day, but then I was like, yeah, I don't really want to watch it. So I don't know if I'll watch it or not. Is that you don't crazy? know if you're going to watch the series or not? Is that crazy? Am I crazy for that? I would say yes. I actually didn't watch Drive to Survive. I just heard good things. So I'm actually just spewing out what I've heard from other people um, about that show. But yeah, I might not watch it. So like, why, why wouldn't you watch it? Like if... I don't know. Like, I don't really care about their lives. It's like, <laughs> like eight... I, I care about them as people, but like... It's like eight 50 minute episodes. And a lot of it is revolved around like guys making the decision to go to live. Like, will you not find that interesting? Like a little, it's a little bit interesting, but I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of, doesn't, it doesn't like really like if I'm a fish and that's a lure, that's a lure that I'll swim up to and be like, Hmm, that looks pretty good, but I might, I probably won't eat it. Maybe I will if I'm really hungry, but. Wow. Well, then uh, some of the conversation over the next couple of weeks might be a little over your head. I'm just going to watch it on like five times speed so I can keep up with you guys. Just so I know like what happened. Okay. Here's a question I was going to ask. I'm glad I remembered. Do you think we should just like watch all of it before next week's episode and just recap all of it or should we go episode by episode when it comes to the recap They're dropping the whole thing yeah yeah the whole, they just the whole thing the whole thing is coming out on wednesday let's go episode for episode so that we can milk it for more content it'll be so hard not to just binge it though oh i'm gonna binge it okay well, yeah we can you guys can binge it i might even binge it too but we'll we'll break it down episode by episode oh we can that? yeah we can do that okay i like that Milk it for content, exactly. Yeah. We got to do then something we can, for content. We can, yeah, we can each each episode we can do it. It's due justice, <clears throat> due diligence. Yes. Um, all right. Very quick. TGC tours and Bogey Club update. Uh, TGC tours missed the cut last week. I suck. 
Swing demotion mark. Uh, I lost my one for missing the cut and picked up two more. So I am now at, two. I'm at two, two demotion marks. Yeah. Uh, oh my! Just swing changes really hurt me in the first round. Uh, is it so? Is it a John Tillery swing change or is it a Butch Harmon swing change? Usually, the a, book, Butch Harmon swing changes kind of go into effect right away. It's a John Tillery. It's taken a while. Oh no! Um, you so know who did I say? Who did I say last week that they sent me to? Um, it was Tigers. Chris Como. It's a Chris Como oh, yeah. swing change. It's just not good. Uh, bad first round. Couldn't make a putt. Made a double. Um, Really couldn't hit any greens on the back nine. Second round was really good. Shot 10 under the second round. Hey, so it's definitely good. there. I just kind of put myself behind the eight ball right away and couldn't fight back. So uh, what happened? Oh, that'll happen. Man. Yeah, that will that'll happen. happen. Yeah. I know that. The, the bogey club, however, we did begin uh, talking about it last week. Construction has begun. Ground's ground has been broken. broken. We've broken ground. We have currently Noah sketched up four holes that have been sent to me. He might have more kind of waiting in the wings. I don't know, but he I have has. Four, I have four on paper right now. Four on paper. Comments soon, Hopefully not but, number two because I'm working on number two. Are you really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but he has sent me one, nine, ten, and eighteen, and they have all been laid down. Uh, ten and eighteen are basically done, minus the planting. And one and nine, I just have to do the sculpting and all of that. So we have a good start. Course is really fun so far. Um, you know, whole nine has been fun to play test. Yeah. Kind of with that that false back and stuff like that, and trying to see. Yeah. You know, if you can hit driver here, driver there. I was gonna uh, I was gonna ask you about that hole because like I don't really know much about the gameplay, so. Yeah. So when I'm making these when I make these holes, it's like I don't even know if that's even stoppable on that. Grid. Yeah. Like what basically what I've been doing is I've been taking what you send me because I'm assuming you're designing for like an actual like if this was an actual real life yeah, course. I'm just kind of and I'm adjusting it to just fit. Like uh hole yeah. one, for example, you sent me and it was that two sixty carry. Yep. I stretched that to two eighty five because that's kind of more good. Yeah. That's like, if it's into the wind, 260 is still easy to carry, but at 285 yeah. becomes a little bit more difficult. That's good. To so know. I've just been kind of fitting. I in. feel like 285 is a stretch. I'm basing most of my T like most of my dog legs and T shots off of a 300 yard drive. Yeah. As yeah. I've just been taking everything you've sent me and adjusting it to yeah. kind of what the standard is for design. I was wondering, so that's good to know. So that so that's a hole where like if you're into the wind, you might have to go up the left side of the. Yeah, place. you're gonna have to play up the left side, and it's gonna make it more difficult. And then that bunker comes into play. Yeah, yeah that's exactly I, I did some crazy things with that bunker too, Noah. You weren't Good. on here when we were talking about that. I cool. I dug that thing deep. There's a huge uh, left side that drips down into the bunker. Yeah. And so if you miss left, you're just down in that bunker, and it's that's tough. Great. I made some. It's been fun, kind of taking your. That's awesome. We need drawings that. and. That's super fun. We need that like just creative liberty to just yeah. hard when when you when you see something that's like oh that'd be cool just yeah go and hard. I've been saying it's been really nice like having someone design the holes for me because when I design courses by myself yeah. I'll have so many ideas and I just kind of like keep throwing them out there throwing them out there and then it just doesn't work yeah but like sure. kind of having you give me the ideas and me just kind of tweaking it to fit has been really nice. 
yeah, I'm pumped. This is going to be really fun to just. The waste areas are fun too. Just giant. Can you get the game yet, and... Noah? I'm going to have to. I, I had two, I had two questions though, Jags about it first. Yes. Um, so is, is it possible to get those fairways like, like four ish feet above the level of the maybe five feet above the level of the waste bunkers and then have I, banks kind of along the, does that make sense? I can. Yeah. Or does that just not it's, make sense? It, no, it makes sense. It, I can, I can try and do it. So the ones we've already laid down, it might yeah. be a little tough since they're laid down already, but, uh-huh. but it's definitely doable. Yep. That was what's in my, I mean, you don't have to, that, that's just like how I envisioned it. And then, yeah. um, I think it would be cool just to have like, like, you're probably going to have to do this because you're the one play testing. But put some undulations in the fairways where tee shots will go. I've been I've been doing that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Just like, like the flyovers I've sent, it's kind of hard to see because yeah, the, the I can't cover. Really, I can't really but, tell. But, yeah, I know hole 10, for example, how you have it kind of coming off that right side. Yep. There's just a giant hill there. So if you play it up the right side, it kicks hard left and it will kick into the waste bunker. So that's you have to awesome. play it down the left side. That's um, awesome. That's what, that's literally perfect. That's yeah. I, 10 looks fun with the false edge on the left. Yeah. Yeah. 10 is 10's fun. Um, 18 is really fun. Yeah. Does, is there, is there a world in which you can't go for two on 18? Uh, if it's into the wind, you couldn't, or I mean, you still could. It would be really tough. And do you did you put that greenside bunker? That's just, I guess, from our perspective on the paper, it's top left of the green. But when you're playing, it'd be like front left. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like kind of a small pot bunker. Yeah, I put that in there. Do you want it more potty? I can I can well, deepen it, it a little bit. Whatever you, whatever you think like works good. It just I just yeah. want something to be like, if you miss left, you're in a bunker. A to catch a ball kind of in B to like if you lay up um up in that little layup zone where you have you probably have like an 80 yard 90 yard pitch like you have something in your way now yeah yeah and that entire green I designed it so it's like it's pretty hard back to front Mm -hmm. so if you're short it runs down into that that bunker next to the lake Mm -hmm. uh that's that's another thing I was going to tell you just like just go crazy with these you know don't make them insane but like Make the greens. Yeah. Oh yeah, the greens. I've make the greens difficult. Cool, that's great. And you, yeah. and you, you have the most experience, so that's cool to play. There's a couple. I'm, I'm probably gonna throw in like four or five, like two, maybe a couple, like three tier, or just like kind of. Yeah. But I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you those. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I made one a two tier green. Cool. Already. A whole one. Yeah. Is it like back left is the top tier? It's just, it's front and back. Sure. So it's like, but the, that backside, I have the Sunday pin tucked back left. Oh. So if you're long, it's kind of dead because the green slopes away from you. But if you're short, it comes back down. Yeah. So that's a really difficult pin I've noticed from play testing. That's awesome. That's, that's what a, what a nice, just simple opening hole. Like, yeah. Take it up the right side for a better angle. Yeah. Take up the left side for an easier teach. This is, yeah. It's just, and, the, the crazy thing is, is I've done all my play testing with no wind and I've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of it. Like I turned my difficulty way down. So I hit perfect shots every time. 
Yeah. So, you know, once you start throwing wind in here and you get the difficulty up to like what people normally play at, it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty, pretty good course so far. Yep. Okay. And then what I want to, I want to do like a session where, where I get on with you and we play test. Cause I want yeah. to see, I want to see sight lines from tee boxes and I want to see what it looks like around the greens. Yeah. I know you can't play test it. I could put out a beta and you could, yeah, you could play like, test it, but maybe one of these days, like we'll just get on a zoom call and you can like, yeah. or something yeah. like, I don't know, but or you can send pictures or something. I just want to see yeah. what, what the tee box sight lines and stuff look like. Cause yeah. Like if Nick wanted to play it too, I could just publish betas and we could. What's, what's nine like so far? You said like it was pretty fun to hit that tee shot, but yeah, it's uh, you know, if you go for the green, it's perfectly in between distances. So you can't hit three wood or you'll okay. come up short. Uh, but driver's too long. So it's a really difficult green to go at. Yeah. And, uh, like and then the false back is. Yep. And then, and then what, what way do you have that green sloping? Uh, it's front. Well, I, it slopes like four different ways. So okay. the back or the back side all slopes off that false back. Awesome. And then the, the back left would slope towards the lake. Okay. And then the front left, it slopes back towards the fairway. Okay. I got you. Cool. And then do those bunkers, like if you take a layup, those bunkers come into play at all? Or are they just kind of like... They they do. They're nice framing bunkers, but they do come into play with the layup. And I added one on the inside of the dog leg. So you have to like carry this bunker 210 oh, and then sure. keep it short of the other bunkers. That's cool. That's cool. So. I like that. Yeah, because I mean, mainly I wanted them as like sight lines and aim points. Yeah. Um, but and just to like just have make the layup like a little like you have to focus or yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's been fun so far. Uh, <laughs> what's the uh, what's the second shot in an eighteen feel like after a good drive? Uh, it feels like I would compare probably to like uh, you know eighteen at TPC. Okay, cool. So it's like it's with a good drive, it's very doable. Yeah, like I think if you hit a perfect drive Twin down the cities, middle, you mean TBC right? Twin Cities? Yeah, that's if you yeah if you cool. hit a good drive, you can have like a four iron in. That's awesome. But that's hoping, that's again playing with no wind. That's a that's what I wanted that hole to be like a tee shot hole. Like yeah. you have a good drive, you yeah. can make score. But I mean, you have to still have a good shot. But like yeah, and if that drive. I've purposely missed left a few times Yeah, and left is a very difficult. Cause like the layup is challenging because exactly. the, the fairway exactly. around the corner slopes back towards the lake. Okay. So the layup is pretty challenging. And then um, like what you what do you lay up to like 160? It's like you either lay up I've, to 160 or try to I've go been laying up to like 70. Yeah. That's probably what I would end up doing too. So that's, that's sweet. That just yeah. exactly. Yeah. How it plays sweet. really well. Cool. Sick. I'm pumped. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely, I'll definitely have to put a beta out after I finish a couple yeah, more holes. It sounds, like, to, uh, it sounds like it plays well, at least like yeah, from a golf standpoint. So it'll be fun to get in and like play some trees and just make it like look cool too. Yeah, I haven't done any of that yet just because, you know, with you kind of giving me pictures as we go, Yeah, I don't know where I want to plant everything yet because I don't yeah. know where the next hole is going to go. So. Exactly, yeah. No, so I've just been good. kind of holding off on that. I wanted to do it this way so we could like, like, and literally only make, like, just do what you're doing. So then we can go back. Yeah. 
punch them up. Like as we, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have to change some stuff, I imagine. So. Yeah. That's what's up, though. That's what's up. Bogey club, four holes down, fourteen to go. Mm-hmm. Clubhouse still got to be made. Nick, what's that? Nick, do you have anything? Do you have any uh, spoilers about hole two so far? Oh, sure. Um, so I was thinking, I haven't like drawn it yet, but uh, Jengs and I were talking about ideas. So like I told you, I was thinking fairly long, par three. Um, so if the first hole turns a little bit to the right, I might have this hole turn a little bit to the right as well. Okay. If, um, if at so all think- possible, if you could go, so you can kind of see behind me, the sketch Noah's given me, yeah. this is... Yeah. If you can kind of take it up towards the north, mm-hmm. if this oh, okay. was like north, the north was top, if you, you could take can, it right? up towards the north. Yeah, you can, I mean, yeah. you can draw whatever you want and then I'll just. Okay. Okay. So maybe, so, okay. So maybe I'll have it turn left. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to think about it. But, um, so I'm thinking between 222, 30, a little okay. bit downhill. Uh, I'm thinking a center bunker, like in front of like the front of the green. Yep. Not like up against the green, so there's going to be a little room okay. to run up, but I'm like maybe 16, like ten yards short of the green. Sixteen at Twin Cities style. Uh, six. Okay, yeah, something like that. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking long is dead. So uh, long is dead. I'm thinking uh, a decent amount of, of pitch in the green from back to front, and then uh, sort of. A, a somewhat deep bunker that kind of goes around the back of the green. Okay. So kind of like you were talking about with like um, the fairways being a few feet higher than the waste bunker. Yeah. Like I'm thinking a pretty good drop off over the back of the green into yeah. a bunker. And then, so once I decide like which way it's slightly like for a right-hander, if it's slightly a draw hole or slightly a cut hole, I haven't mm-hmm. decided yet, but um, whichever side is the opposite side, so let's just imagine it turns a little left. Like there's going to be like front right, a little bit of a runoff, like chipping area. Yep. That's not going to be like the easiest ever, but it's not that bad of a miss. It's probably the bailout. Um, and then maybe some like native area short left. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Can't be, can't be saying that. Native area. Oh my some waste bunker is that better waste there we go that's there Wait, we go. do you mean do you mean a casino or what jeepers i will say if you're gonna do a 230 par three green will probably have to be a little larger oh so yeah like I, like yeah. wider um but I, no i definitely i like that idea of like long being dead especially for like a back pin yeah um, it's basically basically like I, i'm since it's gonna be as long as it is it's not going to be super penal if you miss unless it's long. It's basically just yeah. you can't go long. That's going to be a very difficult par, but I kind of want it to be any other miss is like, yeah, you know, you have a decent chance at par. I definitely, I'm kind of envisioning like a square-shaped green almost or like a rectangle uh, right, with, your, with your bunker in the middle. But that's just kind of what I'm envisioning, obviously. But like we'll, we'll in see. my mind, when you're describing, I'm thinking that of thinking runoff short right, runoff maybe a little off the left edge of the green, uh, and then that deep bunker behind. Ooh, I also have a nice idea. Maybe this wouldn't fit with sort of the vibe of the course. Um, I know a couple of holes that have it on like you know good championship courses. 
just like a par four that's pretty decent length, like somewhat long, like over 450. And it's just straight away. And up one of the sides, either left or right, there's sort of like a creek. So it like just the fact that it's straight away what? makes it really difficult because we could put it on the lake. Like, would that make sense? Yeah, it just wouldn't be as straight. So maybe, again, maybe it doesn't fit the vibe of the course just because it's sort of a rugged look that we're going with. But yeah. <clears throat> um, but we could still make it work. Um, yeah. Just that yeah. basically a hole that like, doesn't turn one way or another. And it's it fairly narrow along, and a kind of a long par four. It could go along like the proper, like the edge of the plot. Yeah, that could easily like, be the long. Yes, yes. It goes on the edge and then one side is out of bounds. Yeah, because sure. like it's just a dead straight. What, what about like a... One, a lot of these holes are going to be up in the pine trees. So we can have like a pine tree shoot almost kind of like 18 Augusta style and then have one side just loaded up. Yeah. Loaded. I like that. I like that actually. Yeah. It could almost be, it, it, almost it be might be three or hole four. I'm, I'm seeing it being, or even like 11. Like I could see it being like the hardest hole on the course. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe like a four eighty par four. That's like, straight away but one side you just absolutely cannot miss it on that side I'm, so yeah. the way the way i have it set up at least right now 18 i don't know how much you made it james but 18 t is elevated quite a bit i think t to fair or t to green it's down 53 perfect that's so the back nine from 11 to 17 i'm imagining is going to be routed through the the forest yeah the and that's Kind of the area where how I set that plot up, that is the more okay. hilly part is over between like 10 and 18. Cool. So, so we can, so those like, I want 11, to, 11 through 17, all seven of those holes to be in the woods. Yeah. Like, those are also, the yeah. And then maybe like one or two holes where since, since there's going to be some sloping, like up in the hills or whatever, where the shape of the hole does not match the cant of the fairway. So you mean like a so, dog like left, but the the fairway slopes right? Yes. Okay. Yes, right. I like that. Like a yep. almost like a fifteen at Hart Ranch. Doesn't that kind of do that? Uh a little bit. There's 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 more severe ones out there. I can't think of any at the moment. Every hole at Olympic, eighteen Olympic or seventeen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I definitely I like that. That'll be fun. Sweet. These so it's like, a, it's like a dog like left around a mountain yeah. and everything slopes away. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, if you guys, I mean, literally, if you guys have any ideas, just like throw a quick sketch down and I can I can make better drawings and put it on the map later. So Yeah, I definitely have had an idea. Like I might take eight because okay. where I have that lake and where I have nine tee box, I kind of have an idea for like a par three over the lake. Cool. So I great, might take eight and just take my own creative labors on eight. That'd be a great place for a par three too. Yeah. Yeah, par three drive will par four to finish. It'll probably be, I'll probably keep it like a 170, like a medium par three, not super long. So well, draw something up and, and, and then fire it over, fire it in the group. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I will. Well, uh, sick. This is so fun. Yeah. That's enough bogey club update. We can't give away all our secrets sure, on air. Sure, sure. I think we might have to push the uh, foursome the next time. I think we're up against our, our limit here. Are but, we? Yeah. But I think that's all right. I think we got plenty of content for this one. I think one. this was a good one. You know, we got to recap Phoenix and Open. the longer we push out our good foursome of the week ideas, the longer they're still there. Yeah, because we actually have a backlog of two foursome of the week ideas now. Yep. Which is a record. Usually so we're, we're coming up with them right before the show. Or during. 
or during. We're we're so. running out of places to store our Forest of Mother Week ideas. Like that's how many I, we have right now. That's how that's how small our heads are. Terabytes of data. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know a- anything else before we call it a week. I don't think so. Riviera this week. Genesis Open. Genesis Invitational. Invitational. Genesis Open is the Scottish, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, Genesis yeah. Invitational. Um, also, a little sneak peek. That's a good one to keep in mind for our, our foursome next time, you know? Yeah, that was on my list. I okay, thought of that because I figured good. some people would forget that that's a tour event. So Good. Does it have to be a PGA Tour? I was thinking PGA Tour. I wasn't mm. – I mean, I thought about – I did think in my mind throwing in like the BMW PGA and then taking all my ideas, someone would just be like, Oh, that's not PGA tour. No, that's fair game. Yeah. I'm definitely that's fair game. The, the Cologne Korea open. Yep. That one too. And then was, the cattail pro-am. Do you remember the fries.com open? Oh yeah. That's the, that's that the one Ricky's that's first Fortnite win, now. It? No, it wasn't. He got second in it. Oh, he that's was, what it was. Yeah. But well, we sort of gave away, but not actually. So if you want more context on what we were talking about, you'll have to listen again next week. But yeah, for, uh, for, more. for now, keep listening. And I don't know. I still haven't figured it out if we're staying on or off the bogey train, but you know I what think, to do. I think you need to visit at the bogey train pod on Instagram. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll drop some sneak little pre uh, peaks of the, the golf course that we're designing. Ooh. Maybe I'll take I'll take some images and we'll. If we're uh, feeling nice, we're feeling we'll, we're in a good mood. We'll make some leaks. Love it. We could call them Ricky leaks, like WikiLeaks. That's it. I like it. That's it. Yeah, Ricky leaks or Nikki leaks, I guess, because Nick. I like Ricky better. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a fun one. Glad we yeah. made it work. And uh, yeah, come back next time. Happy Monday. Have a good week. Namaste. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm -hmm.